core stories, ordinary Marines, extraordinary lives. Hey, everybody. This week, we have the beautiful interview with Brittany Chang, and she is the daughter of a Marine, the daughter of J.R. Flatter, and she is the head of Flatter Incorporated, a big, although it's a small business, it is a large small business that has been in business for almost 20 years or 20 years plus. Um, doing work for the DOD and federal government. And she is exceptional because, not because she's under 30 and heading a very large number organization, not because she is well-educated and driven. She's exceptional because, as you will see in the interview, her heart is just to serve the Marine Corps community. Her heart is to serve her country. And having been raised in a Marine Corps family, she knows well the logics and ethics of those in the Marine Corps. And she values that and that is her compass. So enjoy this interview and I'll catch you on the backside. Please hit subscribe. Well, good morning, Brittany Chang. It is a delight and an honor to interview you today. And you are very interesting to me because you head a large organization that serves the government and the DOD. But far more interesting to me is that you are the daughter of a Marine Corps drill instructor, J.R. Flatter, whom I had the honor of publishing an interview with last week. And it's very unusual for me to have interviews with parent-child. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's husband-wife, sometimes brother-sister, something like that, but very rarely is it parent-child. So I, I was delighted when he suggested that I talk to you. <laughs> now, you, I think that he was, is, was very proud of how young you are to have such an interest in leading such a large organization at your age. But I don't, I don't like to focus too much on age and I don't like to focus too much on gender because I really do think it doesn't matter very much. Mm. It's far more interesting to me is what has influenced you and how, how you, how you came to be here, you know, like your own compass about it all. Right. So tell us, how, how did we come to be there? <laughs> Well, certainly the presence of the Marine Corps drill instructor as a father was was there. <laughs> it wasn't uh, underestimated or it was very present in, in my upbringing. So, you know, when I was born, my father was active duty in the Marine Corps and he wasn't quite commissioned as an officer yet during those years, but he was making that transition. And during your interview, he talked about how he was going to school and balancing, you know, his duties and everything like that. But when he was home with us, it was uh, physical, you know, physical exercise as a form of punishment that definitely took place in my household. <laughs> he would take us out, you know, to Quantico and we'd go running in some of those more, more country roads on Quantico, like out near Lunga and things like that. 
you know, and I definitely grew up on Marine Corps installations up until I, I ended up going to high school. So that was definitely a part of my life growing up. And I'm so happy to now be in federal contracting and to be able to continue working in those environments because, you know, I think it's a culture that's, you, you really love the culture of the Marine Corps and of DOD. And I, that's always something I wanted to continue in my life. It's not, it's not, a, you know, you, you want to say, well, you know, the, the military is a very large organization and the, the federal government's a very large organization. How can it be that different than civilian capitalism business environment? But, but I think it is. It really is. Talk uh, it absolutely that. is. Yeah. <laughs> sure. I mean, especially I think within the Marine Corps that it's, you know, very small compared to even the army. You really have that familial culture. You work with the same families. Some of my peers now, it's actually people like me, actually, one of our peer companies, his daughter, you know, works in the organization as well. And we grew up in the Marine Corps together. And then, you know, it's just, you see friendly faces. I see you know, people who were stationed with my father and now we do business together. So it's a very tight-knit community and we have a thing in business development between Marine Corps companies. We kind of shrug off the NDA and just say, hey, we're both Marine, Marine-owned companies. We don't need an NDA to talk together. We can be candid. And there's kind of that level of trust that we both know even between our organizations, there's a level of trust. And then also in our duty to serve the Marine Corps that we're going to do the right thing. And there's no question as to the motivation. So it's interesting because we, of course, are a private owned company, but we also have this sense of duty to the Marine Corps, of course. You bring up a very interesting point there. I've recently finished a master of science at the London School of Economics. And I was involved with people who come to the table from a completely different business background. And having worked with Marines for so long, I realized quickly that my ethics within a team were very different than theirs. Mm -hmm. And it was very difficult for me to, I, I just, I sort of couldn't compromise. Mm -hmm. You know, I couldn't change my ethics to be much more, be less honorable. How about if I put it that right. way? Yeah. And so I do think that there is a level of integrity and honor in all behaviors, including in business and in informal business interactions. And so I, I completely value that that is actually happening within the business community in the Marine Corps business community. I love hearing that. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. <laughs> now, now tell me a little bit about your like, tell us your journey. Tell us your sure. journey to get to there. Yeah, so like I said, grew up in the Marine Corps, traveled all over Camp Pendleton, Quantico. We ended up retiring in Quantico after several California, Virginia moves back and forth across the country, which we did in our van via road trip, which was really fun. But I'm one of four kids. I'm the second oldest. And I always really was intrigued by the business world and I think I told JR very young that I wanted to take over his company <laughs> and it, it was something he, you know, wasn't threatened by at all. He was totally encouraging and 
he actually took a business card of his and he crossed out uh, CEO and he put my name there actually. It's kind of funny looking back at it now, but I was probably 12 when he did that. <laughs> so yeah, I've always had this interest. And when I was going to college, we were really heavily involved in information security um, at Marine Corps in particular at TCOM. We were doing a lot of work on their website management at TCOM and also information security. So I went to school with a business degree and, and also a concentration in management information systems. I really enjoyed that. And I was always kind of working part-time while I was at university, working part-time at Flatter because I didn't want to lose um, sight of what we were up to. And, and also just to continue my growth because, you know, you have to, as you, you know, with age, I think the main thing is experience, right? You're coming out of high school, you haven't worked in this organization. So I really, worked hard to stay connected and to study and to be involved. And at that time I was kind of supporting proposals here and there. And when I graduated, I started working on a Marine Corps program actually called CIOS, which was a big BPA, like a blanket purchase agreement at Marine Corps Systems Command. And they bought all sorts of different things, but we had a contract in the business and analytical domain and we were the only small business on the contract. And so we were always up against the big, large companies, and we ended up winning quite a bit of work on that vehicle against large businesses. And again, that's that's another thing we love about Marine Corps. They really are very supportive of their small businesses and that level, level of honor and integrity and relationships that you can maintain via small business, I think is is easier than once you get into these big, you know, hundreds of billions of dollar organizations where that interpersonal relationship and that sense of duty is maybe some somewhat lost in the mix. Well, there's also a loss of communication effectiveness in large organizations. I think mm -hmm. that that's really one huge benefit of, of a small business, of a small business, mm -hmm. is that they, the communication is, is much more efficient because there's not that many people for anything to get lost in translation. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> and it's not very complicated to find who is responsible. Right. So you worked, you worked there. I love that thought that you were working there while you were in school so that you could sort of apply. I'm imagining that you were applying what you were learning to your work. Right. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. So talk to me about what it's like now. I mean, you're through school, mm -hmm, you're, right. you're the boss. <laughs> right. Well, you know, even from then, I mean, I, it wasn't an overnight journey. I didn't just graduate from college and, you know, start, start right back up where I am today. I, I worked myself, you know, I kind of worked up through the organization. I was the principal at one point, which leading business development efforts and proposals and things like that. And then my first major promotion was to, to chief financial officer, where I really kind of took what I learned in school and focused in on the financials. And how do we kind of mature all of our processes to the next level? So, you know, from our founding in 2002, it was long nights by JR of winning contracts, you know, keeping his employees happy. And then over time, we kind of matured things together and said, you know, how do we take this and multiply it? And how, we, how do we take this and grow it? So today um, I'm the CEO of Flatter Inc. And JR is our chief learning officer. So he's, you know, I think he's earned 
some time and space to do what he's really passionate about, which is leadership development. So he's built this amazing business line in Flatter where we're doing leadership development. And then I'm kind of focused on all of our other markets, all of our other customers growing Flatter, which, which we have significantly over the past five years or so. We've more than doubled our revenue. So gaining new customers at Homeland Security, as well as other ones at DOD. So, you know, we're just growing and we have that vision of where we, where we want to be in the future. Well, we'll talk about that vision. Sure. So we have been a service disabled veteran owned small business since our founding in 2002 with JR being the majority owner. So we do want to maintain our small business status. We really like the space that we're able to operate and the solutions that we're able to bring to bear. For example, we run complex PMOs and what's kind of neat about that is there's a level of independence where you can kind of do IV and V and valid, you know, verification and validation kind of oversee processes as a small business. So the work that we do is very well suited to our size. And so in the future, we're looking to enter more information technology markets where we can maintain a small status, but still with our larger revenue numbers. So right now our focus is on expanding our work in IT and cybersecurity. So we've done some things this year, like we got our ISO 27001 certification to kind of facilitate that growth. Nice. What about, what about you? What about you? I mean, you're talking about the organization and I, and I value that. But what about, what about Brittany? Where's Brittany, <laughs> Brittany going? Oh gosh. Well, well, my personally, so across these 10 years since I've graduated college, I've had four kids. So I have four children. <laughs> gosh, what? my husband. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm that CEO that has a baby on a Friday and on Monday I'm in the office with the baby. <laughs> so my, I, my youngest was born in September at the end of fiscal year and I was I had her strapped to me in a baby carrier and we were back in the office ramping up contract award. You, but uh, yeah. You have, now, you have a baby that's that's eight weeks at the oldest. How old is she? Oh, no, no, no. La this wasn't this September. Oh. <laughs> so she's, she's almost, she just turned two. And so with her turning two, I kind of felt this sense of relief that she's a little bit older. She doesn't need mom 24-7. So I, I started a master's program. So you know, much like you, I'm really excited about continuing my education and actually studying at JR's alma mater at GW, Homeland Security. So I'm studying ter terrorism and global threats right now. And I'm so excited to get back into school and it's the environment. It took a bit to get adjusted, but now that I'm in it, I'm, I'm just really in, appreciating the, the research and the rigor and just a, a new kind of twist to things. It does open up different channels of your brain, doesn't it? I love it. It really does, yeah. I didn't think that I would love school, but I love it. And I love I'm I'm guessing because of the COVID that much of your work is online. Is it online? It it's all online. I've I've tried to opt into the group project so I can yes. have at least a little bit of networking and collaboration, which I've really enjoyed and a lot of people in this program are government employees, so it's been a really nice exchange of ideas. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, I found at LSE, they do it completely differently, and they only did online stuff because they were forced to because of the COVID. But Texas Tech, 
I got a master of arts and then at Regent University was my bachelor's and that's where I'll do my PhD. And they okay. really focus on weekly group work. And I, golly, do I learn so much from my peers. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I really value, I really value that. So you with force now, how old is your oldest child? So they're eight, seven, five, and two. Oh, God bless you. Well, well, except for one, they're all in school. Yes. Yes. They're, the youngest two are not in school and in preschool. And then the oldest two are in elementary school. Okay. Yeah. So they're occupied, I guess, it's at least somewhat during the day. Right. So, and then you're working full time and then going to school full time ish. I'm just tackling part-time student, you know, evening and weekends. It's it's definitely not a full-time gig. Good, good. That's good. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. That's amazing, though. So I I I think that's so inspiring. Now you have to talk to us about how you get it all done. Oh my how, gosh. How do you get it all done in a day, in a week? Yeah. Well. Gosh, I, I really value the work-life balance that I'm able to, you know, and I really, do, I don't feel overworked. I do work a lot, but I think what's most important in not just executives, but other people are kind of coming to this realization that it's not really about the hours. It's about your sense of, am I getting some me time? Am I getting some rest? And so with, you know, the, now that JR and I can kind of cover down on different things, we can kind of allow ourselves to, you know, take take time off. If I need to, I can run to the kids' school and then, you know, put in some earlier hours or something like that to make up for the, the work I need to, to get done. But I have a very flexible schedule. It's not always nine to five. Sometimes it's, you know, five in the morning to 9 a.m. I'll get almost all the work done I need to do in the day. And then it's, you know, meetings and working with employees and networking and maybe running to the elementary school if I need to. But I think that's important that not I, not only that I have a schedule like that, but I also encourage it with my team. So, you know, it's it's 2020. We're in this virtual work environment where we're really flexible. And as long as the work's getting done and we're able to have some level of synchronous time, I think that's important that during some window in the day, we know we're available for, for discussion and collaboration. That's kind of what we focus on. That's time management. I mean, I love the time management and I do think you're right. I think that the virtual world allows a lot more balance and a lot more communication than, I mean, that's sort of one wonderful thing to come out of this pandemic, I think is there is a, a lot more focus on how can we get things, the work actually completed, not so much checking the box of the hours involved. Right. So I, I really love that. I completely love <laughs> Now, let me ask you, you're, you're located in the Quantico area, I'm assuming. Yeah. Your offices are there. And how, I guess you have some work from home or some work mostly in the office or when you work? Gosh, right now. So our headquarters, it was in Stafford, you know, really close to Quantico. And we do have a, a presence there. But right now our headquarters is in Fredericksburg, which is a little further south in Quantico. I come into the office every day, quarantine or not, because, you know, with four kids, I really just can't do work at home with them. <laughs> with It's funny with the newborn, I feel very, you know, capable of having a newborn with me and, and doing work because, 
they just need you know the warmth of mom and then you're kind of you can still use your brain and write documents and take phone calls and everything so but yeah definitely with 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 COVID, I'm still coming into the office. I really find it helpful to focus. And we've kind of given our employees that flexibility to, hey, if you need to get out of the house, the office is here for you. Otherwise, you're welcome to work at home. And then our government customers, some of them are kind of coming back to work. Like Coast Guard headquarters, for example, they are wanting people to show up in person again and they're taking precautions. I think most of our team is back in person at, at Coast Guard. And then other customers like DLA, DLA cracked the code on virtual work several years ago, and, and they're very able to work in that environment, so they're still 100% remote. So it's a little bit of a mix, and we're just kind of not really setting any hard lines and just t- trying to be flexible with, with what the needs are. I love it, Brittany. You're very inspiring. <laughs> it's very interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. Now, you know, a lot of a lot of times I think people sort of imagine that the children of Marine Corps drill instructors are sort of these shell-shocked children. (laughs) But you're a beautiful example of someone who uh, endured such challenges and used them to her benefit to um, be, it seems to me, just a very efficient leader. That. And I love that very much. It's very inspiring for anybody. You know, it's very inspiring no matter what your age or stage you know in life so it's been a pleasure and an honor talking to you today oh thank you thanks Meriwether. listen if somebody wanted to get in touch with you how would they do it sure i you know i'm glad you said that because one of the things that i've benefited from is mentors in my life people who have kind of given me advice and helped me along so my email address is my first name dot last name Brittany dot chang at flatterinc.com I'm also pretty active on LinkedIn, so uh, I respond to all of my non-spam messages. So if you were to reach out to me, I'd definitely get in touch with you. Thank you. Thank you. It's lovely. It's lovely talking to you. And I appreciate your availability to, to respond to people who may have some, you know, want some support with these things because it's it's a, the target is moving constantly with respect to leadership in, in, in our world. Yeah. Anyway, it really is. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much. It's been, thank it's you. been a total honor. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. So, well, isn't Brittany an inspiration? I think she is. I think she's lovely, but I think that she's inspiring to people in all places, no matter what their leadership trajectory, because she's she's focused on the same things that we all are focused on, which is just wanting to help Marines, which is just wanting to help our country with the gifts that we have and the in the ways that we can. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and we'll catch you next time. Simple Fire. Core Stories, Ordinary Marines, Extraordinary Lives.